there! Thanks for listening to the Elevate Christian Church podcast. We exist as a church to connect people with God and each other. Today's message comes to us from our lead minister and preacher, Kevin Barton. We hope this inspires you, grows you, and challenges you in your faith and your walk with Jesus. Enjoy! We are in week three of our series that we are kicking the year off, where we're just kind of re-examining our mission statement, which is to connect you with God and each other. And so we've spent two weeks talking about how we want to connect you with God. Uh, we talked about the first thing we want to do is we want to introduce people to God. We can't save anybody, but we can introduce you to the person who can. And then last week, we talked about uh, the fact we want to connect you with God through worship. And, uh, and we said, worship is far more than music. We don't want you to just come for 30 minutes and, and worship uh, with us. We want you to have a lifestyle of worship, that worship is not part of our lives. It is our lives. And today I want to talk about the last connecting point that, that, that we hope to accomplish in connecting you with God. And that, that last point is this. We want to connect you with God through prayer. Prayer is very, very important. Um, you'll notice that during our service, multiple times, we stop from the stage and we pray. What we're doing when we do that, it's usually myself or Will, um, or maybe somebody's given a devotion, we're praying um, over you. We're just like, hey, God, we just want to pray over everyone that's here. You'll also notice at the end of our service, uh, lining the back wall, we have our prayer team members, uh, and the, we want you to have people available to pray with you. So we pray over you, we pray with you, and those of you who are super connected through our app and our text in church and all of that, um, you know we, get, we send out a monthly uh, alert for prayer request. And once a month, myself and Will and our elders sit right up here in a circle, right in front of this stage. And I think last we had like 66 requests. We pray for every single request. So we always want to pray over you. We always want to uh, pray with you. And we always want to pray for you. And those things are great. And we're going to continue them all. But it is our heartfelt desire that we spur each other on to pray for ourselves, to utilize the power in prayer. We talk about how much prayer changes lives and how powerful it is, but I'm not sure we really believe it. Uh, and so I, I want to spur you on to start a prayer life, uh, to proclaim the promises of prayer, and to offer the, the praises to God in prayer, uh, and, and, and to just establish a prayer life. Because prayer is how we communicate to God. And so I want you to think about this. Without connection, I mean, sorry, without communication, there is no connection. And, and I got to thinking about this, and, and I don't want to, you know, you, you can answer this yourself, but what if you communicated with your spouse the exact same way you talk to God? How long do you think that relationship would last? Maybe you pray to God for nine hours a day and you're good. Uh, you're, you're better off than me, right? But it, it, what if you talk to your spouse in the tone and the time and, uh, that you talk to God? Communication is important. 
the only way we're going to be able to connect ourselves to God is through prayer. It's so important. I was reading about uh, missionaries who went to Africa uh, for the first time, and uh, once they uh, started to convert people to Christianity, uh, these African Christians were very earnest in their private prayer lives. And each one reportedly had a separate spot in the thicket, in the jungle, uh, where he or she would go pray. And they would pour their heart out to God. And over time, paths uh, became well-worn. And you knew that was that person's path to prayer. Well, as a result, uh, when a believer in Africa began to neglect prayer, it soon became apparent to others. And they would kindly remind each other They would use this phrase, brother, the grass grows on your path. You see, we want to connect you with God through prayer. We don't want the grass to grow on your path. Uh, It's not our desire that you pray to God uh, once a month or once a year, but have this daily communication, this daily dialogue with God through prayer. Because that path, to prayer leads directly, think about this, directly into the throne room of God. That path gives us an audience with our Heavenly Father. It's almost like we're a child sitting up on his lap, talking to him and communicating with him. And so this is going to be a quick message on prayer today. Um, Later in the year, we're going to do a whole series on it because we feel like it's that important. And so let me tell you what I want to accomplish today. Uh, It's two simple things. Uh, Number one is this. Man, I just want you to pray. I just want you to pray. I want you to connect with your heavenly father by talking with him. And so if you pray frequently, I'll challenge you to pray even more. If you seldom pray, I'll challenge you to pray more. If you never pray, pray. I challenge you to start praying. I mean, hear me, man. Even if it's just one minute a day, just to start seven minutes a week, we've got to start somewhere. So I want to challenge you to pray. So there it is. There's the challenge. I hope you receive it. Please pray. Uh, The second thing I want to do, uh, and this is where we're going to spend the, the majority of our time here, is I want to kind of peek into the way we pray. I think sometimes some of the most common prayers we use are just absolutely silly. And so I'm going to wreck your prayer life and then try to rebuild it uh, for you. So uh, I I just want to talk about some of the language we use when we pray, some of the terminology we use. And it's my heartfelt desire that we use fresh words, to express the reality of where we are in life and and who we are. Um, This message, I'll I'll go ahead and tell you, is not my message. Uh, I'm borrowing an outline from a world-famous speaker named Louis Giglio. Um, I heard Louis Giglio preach this message 20 years ago before he was famous, before there was a Passion City Church or anything, uh, and it absolutely transformed my prayer life. And he called it Prayer Remix, and so uh, that's what we're going to call it today, Prayer Remix. And and for me, this message, when I heard it, was absolutely revolutionary. 
And so to begin with, let's go to the book of Matthew, and I'm going to read one verse, and in the text that, that uh, I'm going to read you, Jesus is talking and teaching about prayer, about having a prayer life. And I want you to listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 6, 7. He says this, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard with their many words. Now, let me just say real quick, uh, most of us in here are Gentiles. There, there might be a few of you who are of Jewish descent, but the Gentiles that Jesus is talking about in that culture were these pagan Gentiles who had these um, heathenistic prayers to these, these false gods, these meaningless prayers. And so what Jesus is doing, he's warning us that repeating worthless phrases in our prayers will not help us in any way to be heard by God that our Heavenly Father is not concerned with word count or flowery expressions or mantras. He desires the truth from our inward being. And so when Jesus says, hey, don't heap up empty phrases like the Gentiles, a lot of scholars believe that he's referring to an event that happened in, in the book of First Kings in the Old Testament. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 18, the nation, uh, God's children of Israel, uh, had, had forsaken God, and they started worshiping a false god named Baal, uh, and uh, they had a queen, Jezebel, who was evil, and if you tried to worship God, she would put you to death. And so you had thousands of these prophets of Baal, and you, God only had one prophet at that time. Anyone know his name? Elijah. And so Elijah issued a challenge. He said, let's go up on this mountain, and, and you prophets of Baal, you, you pray to your God and see if your God will bring fire down from heaven. And then I'll pray for my, uh, to my God, and we'll see if he brings fire down to heaven. And in 1 Kings 18, we're told that, that the prophets of Baal got up to pray, and they had all of these empty words and all of these incantations and these chants, and they prayed all day long just over and over again. They just kept repeating the same thing, and nothing happened. So then they started to cut themselves and pray, and they started to dance and pray. And I love Elijah. I think he and I are cut from the same cloth because he is the super cynical prophet, right? And so they're just praying all day, and nothing's happened, and, uh, and Elijah's basically making fun of them. Well, you know, maybe your God's busy. Maybe he's on the toilet. I mean, that's in the text. Maybe he's indisposed and, you know, he doesn't want to be bothered right now. And, and so nothing happened. Then in 1 Kings 18, and you, you can read this on your own, Elijah gets up and he prays. You know, long, you know how long his prayer was? Two sentences. Two sentences. And then God calls fire to fling down from heaven and burn this altar up. And it was this great victory for Elijah. Jesus is saying, hey, pray like that. It's never about how much time you spend praying. It's never about how many words you use. It's about having the right heart and using the right words. And so when you pray, I want you to pray from the heart using the right words. And so I just want to look at three prayers that I feel like in our own prayer life we need to remix because these aren't prayers of truth. 
Uh, and so, uh, again, I told you I'm absolutely going to wreck your prayer life for a minute this morning. So let's look at these three phrases that I feel like it would be beneficial for us to, to remix. The first phrase is this, and this might be the most common prayer phrase we use. And you don't have to raise your hand, but we say this all the time, and it's this prayer. Lord, bless me. All right, I lied. How many of you prayed that prayer? Oh, you. Now you, I need to pray for you, because you're lying. Lord, bless me. Bless me. We, we pray all the time. Lord, bless me. I, I'm going to this job interview, and I just need you to bless me. Or, or Lord, I've got this huge test. Or, I've got these midterm exams, and, you know, I didn't really study like I should, so I just need you to bless me. Or, or Lord, I've got to walk into this tense situation with my family, and I just need you to bless me. Or, Lord, I've got to close this deal. Please bless me. Or, Lord, while we're at church, bless us, bless us, bless us, bless us. I love to cook, and I, so the net result is I watch a lot of Food Network, and I, I don't know if you remember back in the day, uh, Emerald, the, the cook, right? And he, uh, he, would, he would cook something, and then he would get a little extra spice in his hand, and, and he would be like, bam, right? Remember he would do that, or bang, or whatever you say? And I think that's what we think, right, when we pray like that. Well, God, I'm getting ready to go into this situation, so I need you to sprinkle some mojo on it. Some of your blessing, like, bam, all right, now I'm good. Now I'm going to get the job. Now I'm going to pass the test. Now I'm going to resolve this situation. You know, now I'm going to be blessed. This is what we're asking God to do. Let me give you the truth, though. I don't think we need to pray that prayer because here's the truth. We are already blessed. You are already blessed. If you're in Jesus Christ, you are blessed you are blessed, you are blessed. Ephesians 1.3 says this, blessed be the name or blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now hear me, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing, not, not blessings that come from here, but where? In heavenly Places. Now, our prosperity guys and girls have hijacked that to, to make it material blessings, and they're going to have to answer to God. I'm not going to call anyone out. Well, I do sometimes. I won't right now. But what God is saying is, listen, I'm going to, once you accept Christ, once you're in Christ, I'm going to bless you with every spiritual blessing you need. Everything you need to get to the other side, to endure life in the flesh, you are blessed. This is a promise from God that if we are in Jesus Christ, we have already been blessed. And so it's super repetitive to keep asking God to bless you. He's like, what do you think I'm doing? You are blessed. There were these two young boys who would always go to this really sweet neighbor's house, Mrs. Wilson. Uh, and every time she went, she would just filled their hands full of cookies and candy. And one of the little boys, when they were walking home with their hands full of candy, said to the other boy, he said, Mrs. Wilson gives us cookies and candy because she is nice, not because we are nice. And friend, God's, friends, God's grace is like that. It's not something we earn. God gives you his blessing simply because he is God. God loves you because God is love. 
You don't have to earn a thing. All we have to do is accept it. And if you're a child of God, you don't have to keep asking God to bless you. You're already blessed. All right, so let's take that prayer with that truth attached to it and remix it, all right? So instead of saying over and over again, Lord, bless me, Lord, bless me, Lord, bless me, we remix the prayer to say this, Lord, let me bless your name. Let me be a blessing to you. God, I am so blessed. You've given me everything I need. Every good thing that you have in your life is a gift from God. It's, it's all these blessings of God. And we say, God, I am so, so blessed. Now let me bless your name. You see this rhythm all throughout the Bible and the way people interacted with God, particularly in Psalms, in the book of Psalms, which is a book of, of prayers that were oftentimes uh, sang out loud. Psalm 145, 1 says this, I extol you. That means I worship you, my God and my King. And here we go. And bless your name forever and ever. And let me take you to another one. Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that was that is that is within me, bless his holy name. And so, man, I want to challenge you. I want to invite you to, to move from this weak, impudent prayer of, can I have a blessing? Can I have this? And to this powerful prayer of proclamation, you have poured out so many blessings on me, God. I was destined for eternal destruction, and you came and you saved my soul, and you've given me eternal life and abundant life. I don't deserve this, but you gave it to me anyway, so my response can only be, I've got to bless your name. I just need you to be with me. We pray, we pray this prayer a lot, right? Like, Lord, we are driving from here to New Mexico. It's a long trip. Be with us. Or, Lord, our family's going to the beach. Be with us. Or, hey, we're, I, I'm going through this crisis. I'm going through this storm in my life. God, I just need you to be with me. I've got to give this presentation at work, and I don't like to speak publicly, and I'm super nervous, but my job depends on it. Lord, I just need you to be with me. Or I'm teaching this lesson, or I'm leading this, this lift group. I just need you to be with me. A lot of people pray that prayer. And I'm not sure that's the right prayer to pray because here's the truth. You ready for the truth? You know it. He is already with you. Look at what Paul writes to the church, to the Galatian church in Galatians 2.20. He says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer who I live, but Christ who lives where? In me. And so we're, we're praying this prayer, Lord, be with me, Lord, be with me, Lord, be with me. And Christ is like, I'm right here. Like, I'm as close to you as anyone can be. I, I'm, I'm right here. <clears throat> Who lives with me. And that life, I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. See, we don't have to pray for the Lord to be with you because he lives in us 24-7. He is always there, even 
when we can't see him. There's this story um, of a family whose uh, house caught on fire. And the, the mom grabbed the little boy by the hand and the dad grabbed the little girl. And the, each parent tried to grab a couple of prized possessions as they made their way out of the house. I mean, the house was going up in flames. Well, somewhere along the way, the little girl broke free from the dad and ran back upstairs to get her favorite doll. Well, she couldn't get back down the stairs and he couldn't get back up the stairs. And so he went outside and she went to her window and it was pitch dark and there was smoke everywhere. And she said, Daddy, I don't know what to do. And he just said, listen, jump. And she said, I'm scared to jump. I can't see you. And her father simply replied, don't worry, honey, you just jump. I'm right under you. I know you can't see me, but I can see you. Your heavenly father, my heavenly father sees us at all times. And we can find comfort and protection in his loving arms. He will never desert us. Hebrews says he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And so we need to remix that prayer from Lord be with me. And here's the remix. I think the remix should be this way. And I think this is more theologically accurate. Lord, live through me. Like you're with me. You, you, you're taking up residence in my heart. You're, you're there. You're my roommate that I can't get, I'm not going to get rid of, right? I tried, but you're, you're with me. And so the prayer should shift and be remixed to Lord live through me. That means wherever I go, whoever I'm with, whatever I'm doing, live through me. Let your love, let your compassion, let your generosity flow through me into other people. Lord, live through me. That's the second one. Number three, we're, all, we're almost out of time here. The third prayer I think we need to remix, and I think this is the one we really need to grasp hold on because I think this is the area that most people struggle in. It's this prayer that we always pray, and we usually end our prayers with, with this phrase. And the phrase is this, Lord, please forgive me. Right? That's usually at the end, the tagline at the prayer, right? We pray, and then we usually say, and forgive me my many sins, amen. Lord, please forgive me. You know what the truth is, right? You, if you're in Christ, you are already forgiven. You're already forgiven. And, and the reason you might feel some, some type of way that you feel is not because God hasn't forgiven you. It's because you haven't let yourself forgive you, right? You are already forgiven. Sins, past, present, and future. Look what uh, Paul writes in Colossians 2, verses 13 and 14. He says, and you who were dead in your trespasses, holy cow, and the uncircumcision of your flesh. That means you were just, sin had, you're, you're dead. You're dead in your sins. <clears throat> God made you alive, and we, all, we often miss this phrase, together with him, having forgiven us, how many of our trespasses? All our trespasses. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, talking about the law, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Now, I, I want you to just note that that phrase, having forgiven us all our trespasses, that doesn't mean that, that he forgives everybody in the world of all their sins. What it means is, is if you are in Christ, 
If we are washed by the blood of Christ, all our sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. And somewhere along the way, I think we thought, well, you know, my sins were forgiven up to the point of my salvation. And then after I was saved, I still had sin struggles and I still fell and I still messed up. And those future sins are are not forgiven. No, 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 no. He's forgiven us all our trespasses, past, present, and future. Our sins are forgiven. Hear me. Even the sins that you'll commit next year, they're already taken care of. And so we don't need to continually say, Lord, please forgive me. Lord, please forgive me. Lord, please forgive me. Because we're already forgiven. Christ came to redeem us from this curse of the law, and the law can't judge what Christ has already forgiven. And so we need to remix that prayer, I think, to say this. This is a little different than the other remixes. It's this, Lord, I confess my sins to you. Father, I I know that I'm already forgiven but I just need to hear myself say it out loud. I just need to to validate it and confess to you. And when I do that, God, I'm going to cling to your promise that is written in your holy word in the book of 1 John 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us all of our sins and to cleanse us from all sins of our unrighteousness. Do you know how freeing that is? Listen, don't don't take my words and twist it. I'm not talking about a license to sin, to be like, well, I'm forgiven. I can do what I want. Let's go to the club, (laughs) right? No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, we make a conscious effort to, to, to obey God and to walk in his holiness, but we understand we're going to mess up. And every time we mess up, we don't have to come up front and rededicate our lives or be rebaptized or, or pray that prayer again. Uh, we, All we need to do is say, Lord, here's what I did. I confess my sins to you. I know they're forgiven, but I just want to say it out loud. It'll radically change your life because you're not walking around like this in your relationship with God. He's going to catch up to me. He's finally going to punish me when he catches up to me because all of these sins that are unforgiven. Richard Hoffler wrote a book, excuse me, called Will Daylight Come? And in the book, he includes an illustration of how sin enslaves and forgiveness frees. He talks about a little boy and his sister that go to their grandparents' house to visit their grandparents. And uh, the little boy is given his first slingshot. And so he practiced in the woods and he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Well, he came back to his, his grandmother's yard and she had a pet duck. And so he was looking at that pet duck and on impulse, he pulled his slingshot back and he aimed and he let it fly. And wouldn't you know, that rock hit him square in the head and that duck fell dead instantly. The boy panicked. I've been in a situation like this with one of my boys. I won't tell you who and I won't tell you why. But desperately, he hid the dead duck in the woodpile, only to look up and see his little sister watching. (laughs) Sally had seen it all. (laughs) Well, after lunch that day, grandma said, Sally, I want you to help me wash the dishes. 
But Sally said, well, you know what, Grandma? Johnny told me he wanted to help in the kitchen today. <laughs> Didn't you, Johnny? And she whispered, remember the duck. So Johnny washed the dishes. Well, later that day, Grandpa asked if they wanted to go fishing, if the children wanted to go fishing. And Grandma said, well, I'm sorry, yeah, I just need Sally to stay here and help me with supper. And Sally smiled and said, that's all taken care of, Grandma. Johnny wants to help with supper. And again, she whispered, remember the duck. So Johnny stayed while Sally went fishing. Well, after several days of Johnny doing both, of his, both his chores and Sally's, finally he couldn't stand it. And so with tears running down his face, he ran into his grandma and he said, Grandma, I killed the duck. I know, Johnny she said, giving him a hug. She said, I was standing at the window and I saw the whole thing. <laughs> but because I love you, I forgave you. And I wondered how long you would let Sally make a slave of you. Friends, you don't have to continually pray to be forgiven. If you're in Christ, you are forgiven. How long are we going to let the devil make slaves of all of us? You were purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ. Scripture tells us it cleanses us from all of our unrighteousness. You are forgiven, so praise God for it. So I want to challenge you to pray a little more than you've been praying but to remix those prayers, to understand that you pray from the platform of, I'm blessed, you're with me, and I'm forgiven. When you pray from that platform as opposed to, can I just have a little blessing? Can you just be with me for a little bit? Can you forgive me for this? It'll totally change your communication with God. We hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast today. If you'd like to learn more about Elevate or partner with us in what God is doing here, check out our website at elevatecc.com. Until next time, God bless you and thanks again.